The new Rivals 150 for the class of 2024 released this week, and we're joined by Rob Cassidy to talk about it. Rob, shake up at the top of the rankings as Trey Johnson takes over the number one spot. What was it about Trey that, that helped him uh, move up and take it over? You know, it's we've always been really high on him. You know, he's been a top five kid for the entirety of this ranking cycle, and it's just kind of the skill at his young age. You know, the guy that we had in front of him, Ian Jackson's a very good player. He was one for a while kind of based on his athleticism and his upside. Uh, but as far as production and development goes, we thought Trey was a little bit ahead of him. Uh, so we went ahead and made the switch. It's still pretty close with those top three or four right now. So I wouldn't get too comfortable there if I were Trey. But he's earned it uh, through the summer and through the spring. He just looked like clearly the most skilled prospect in the class and the best blend of upside and production. And and Texas fans seem to be pretty excited about it. Do we think that they're the school to beat right now? Yeah, I think that they're definitely one of them. You know, they're in there. They're, you know, the Texas schools are going to be involved. I think the Blue Bloods will be involved to an extent as well. They'd have to watch out for, you know, a late move by Kentucky or something like that. Uh, but I'd feel pretty good if I was Texas about where I sat with him. Um, I think that he likes the Longhorns. I think he's the idea of staying in state is appealing to him. Uh, so I think they'll be in it until the end. Yeah, so uh, you mentioned Ian Jackson dropped from one to three. Uh, of course, people were angry. Now, why do we think he's terrible? <laughs> yeah, the, number. the number three player in the country is a real insult to, uh, to Ian, I think. Uh, but, but talk about it. I mean, you've mentioned it's so close. You know, it's kind of splitting hairs at the top. Obviously, you still uh, really like his game, right? Yeah, you know, I think he's one of the more athletic players in this class with maybe the highest upside in this class. He's a guy that's going to produce highlight reel dunks. He's a guy that's going to have that motor and defend multiple positions. Never seems to get tired on the floor. The upside is definitely there. Just from a skill and polish perspective, we think he's a little bit behind Trey as things stand now. And when I say a little, I really do mean a little. Uh, this is something that could flip back, you know, and our new number two, Florida Madunga, could also see himself at one. I think between those, those three, uh, there's not a lot of space separating. Yeah, so let's talk about Flory. He moves up four spots to number two overall. A lot of people were pretty happy about that on social media. Seems like he uh, has a little bit of a cult following as he continues to climb up these rankings. He is defensively the best player in this class, and bar none, the best big, I think. Uh, his offensive game is a lot of dunks, a lot of finishes. finishes really well at the rim. Right now, you know, I think I would have made him one if he could shoot the ball a little bit better. That's the next thing for him is showing that he can score, you know, outside of the paint. Uh, he doesn't need to become a prolific three-point shooter by any range, but if he can become serviceable in the mid-range and maybe even from the perimeter, uh, that adds a giant uh, element to his game as right now, you know, he's, he's all block shots, dunks, finishing around the rim, has a multitude of post moves. Uh, just kind of needs to some polish on, on shooting, and then I think he's in play for that one spot. Yeah, one thing that's kind of tough uh, to, to remember at this point, especially these guys are, you know, essentially just started their junior year of high school and we're trying to project forward. You have to think about how much stuff they're going to add to their game. Does that make your job a little harder, especially when, like I said, you're trying to pick between three or four guys that could all, all have a case of number one? A lot harder, especially when you're dealing with big guys like the Dungo, where it's like, okay, what is he right now? He's a dominant, you know, inside presence. But what if he learns to shoot? And he's definitely trying to. And I think one of the most encouraging things about him is that he's not afraid to shoot it. Now, does it look good right now? Is it consistent? No. But you can tell it's something that he's working towards. Uh, and if that starts clicking, then what? You know, then you look pretty good for having him number two. So we're kind of banking on long-term projection, as you said, and, and, and that's part of it. All right, another guy that, that made a pretty good jump up the rankings to number six overall, Asa Newell. 
Um, you know, 13 spots is a big move. What did you see from him this summer that uh, that helped that move up? You know, we've always loved him. We've had him higher than everybody. You know, we ranked him, you know, at this time last year, I think he was part of this. You know, he, he comes from kind of a little small high school in the Panhandle of Florida. He's since transferred, uh, obviously, to a more powerful high school where people will see him. Um, but, you know, he, he, they don't kids that can shoot like him and are that long and as athletic as him. Uh, and also makes really wise decisions with the basketball. You know, the polish is starting to get there. So he's another mix of, of kind of long-term potential uh, and current polish that we like. Uh, he's one that, you know, I think is, is probably in the mix to break into the top five down the road as he starts playing better competition this year at Montvert. Uh, it's going to be interesting to kind of see him make that that step from from his small high school in the panhandle to where he is now. Yeah, another guy that kind of rocketed up, uh, Carter Bryant, moving up 18 spots. He's now number eight overall. Uh, he seems to have a lot of momentum, both on the court and on the recruiting trail. Yeah, Travis, our, our, my man Travis Graff, who, who's the other national recruiting analyst here at Rivals, was kind of the driving force behind him. Uh, I was kind of stunned to see he wasn't invited to USA Basketball when, when that roster came out today. I thought for sure he'd be a lock there. You know, he had such a great summer. Uh, I think he's one of the top guards in this class, and I think that there aren't a lot of people that watch that would disagree with me on that stance. So the big shock today was when they released that USA basketball roster and he was not on it. I thought he would be an invite to minicamp for sure. Uh, just missed the cut, but you know, I think that gives him, you know, that gives him something to prove this year. And I, I think people will take note of kind of his skill set going forward. Hey, uh, they better be careful because I was watching Eurobasket and it was a lot of <laughs> former U.S. players. Uh, <laughs> you know. When I saw uh, Zoe Brown from my gym being Spain's best player, and I know he's not from Spain. It's, uh, it's, how do they work that? Is it like your nationality? Like, I haven't looked into that. Or is it, you got to be like once removed or something, like like the World Baseball Classic or the World Cup? Well, so Tyler Dorsey was on the Greek team. His One of his great-grandmothers or something was Greek, so he got in that way. But from what I heard with, with Zoe, he naturalized. So once, you know, you have a one-time switch, just like soccer. So like I said, you better leave someone off the roster with that, with, uh, you know, at your own risk, because they can always switch sides and uh, go, go be playing for another uh, country. No, Becky Hammond did this, right? Oh, did she? I didn't know she yeah, was. She played uh, for Russia in one of these things when she was a player. Oh, that's right. Cause she was playing professionally over there. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. They're living over there. Um, all right. Back to the action, wrapping up the top 10, a guy that I had a chance to see play with you, Dylan Harper. Of course, his dad is uh, Ron Harper, the former NBA guard kind of uh, what, what's interesting about him that I found is that I didn't realize how many plays he made until I was labeling the video after he's kind of got a, he kind of has a cool confidence about him and, and he almost, you know, he's not going to make a ton of wild plays, but he seems to always be making the right play at the right time. No, he's one of those guys that, you know, he does have games where he will pop off the page and score 30 and absolutely dominate a game from a scoring standpoint. But the thing that I like most about him is that he's able to kind of dictate a game and impact a game, even when he's not doing that, you know, he doesn't throw the ball away a ton. He's creative on the backcourt. He can play either guard spot. He's got a solid enough body to finish through contact. He does so many things. You know, he's not like you said, he's not going to blow you away with one aspect of his game where it's like, this is his calling card. Uh, whereas he just does 20 things pretty darn well and it's hard to find a weak spot. And that's kind of what put him in the top 10. His recruitment's going to be interesting though, because Rutgers is, is, is pretty confident there. Uh, and I understand why, you know, it's, you know, they made a star out of his brother. He thrived there. But there's blue bloods now, and it's, it's tough if you're Rutgers to hold off, you know, these North Carolinas and Dukes and, and the like that, are, that have kind of come knocking. Yeah, it's weird how some of these schools almost get punished for recruiting the older brother and doing a good job of evaluating because <laughs> then the younger one's going to get poached. 
Yeah, it's 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 it, you know, and, and Rickers has a shot here. You know, I think he really does like that staff. He's been on campus there, obviously. He he enjoys, you know, kind of the bond there, and I think the familiarity factor. Um, so I wouldn't rule them out by any chance, but it, it is definitely going to be an uphill fight. All right, so be sure to check out uh, rivalshoops.com. You can see the updated rankings. You can get more of Rob's thoughts. And uh, it's going to be a lot of changes. I feel like we're going to be, you know, we got reclassifications. We got moves. We got transfers. So uh, it's going to be yeah, a, If you want to come on Twitter and find me and accuse me of some bias, that's what's happening today. You know, I've been called a Nike shill, an East Coast shill, uh, shilling for Adidas, and the state of Texas that I have no ties to. So if you got one, you know, come at me with it. I mean, it's always nice to see a new accusation. Yeah, if you want to hit me up for evidence, Rob does wear Nikes. I've seen him do it. He did live in Texas. <laughs> He did live in Texas. He left that part out. So nine months um, in Dallas. You know. Don't yeah. So if you want evidence, come to me. I got the receipts. So uh, all right, Rob. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you, Woody.